Hello, world. Welcome to another week of Golf Subpar. Colt knows Drew Stoltz just wrapped up the Zozo Championship at Sherwood. And the man, Patrick Cantlay, took down two stalwarts, John Rahm and Justin Thomas, this year. Yes, look at the top of that leaderboard going in the back nine. I was pretty convinced it was going to be Rahm or JT. I was like, man, this is the two. We've been waiting to see a, a battle like this, you know, for a long time. And then out of nowhere, those guys kind of put it in neutral. And Cantlay kept kept pressing, shoots a little final uh, or back nine 33, comes out with a one-stroke win. I don't know if, uh, you know, we talked about this earlier. I don't know if you can say that those two guys lost it and then Patrick Cantlay, you know, didn't win it. Uh, he absolutely kept his foot down, shot 33 on the back nine, final rounds uh, minus seven. But those guys, that's not what I was expecting on the back nine from those two guys, at least not both of them. No, and I mean, going into the back nine, you know, first off, Patrick Cantlay played fantastic. But to have John Rahm and Justin Thomas both shoot even par on that back yeah. nine, especially Justin Thomas, who was 15 under on the back nine through the, through the first three rounds, um, I thought Justin Thomas was the guy to beat, but you know he made some bad swings coming down the stretch and just wasn't able to get it done. But you got to give it to Patrick Cantlay. The guy went six, his first sixty-one holes bogey-free, yeah. made two bogeys all week. Listen, this is a this is a big-time win, his third one. Um, I wouldn't say it's quite as big as the Memorial, but it's still a pretty big one to go along with the Shriners in Las Vegas. But uh, you know, big things expected. He he moves in the top ten in the world. I think we'll see these three guys. Patrick Cantlay, Justin Thomas, and John Rahm battling, battling it out down the stretch a lot in the future. Yeah, Cantlay's a guy that I've loved for a long I've, I've liked him for a long time. I feel like he, I don't want to say underperformed, but just looking at his talent, you're like, why does this guy win, not win a ton of times? He seems to always be there. He had a little rough stretch towards the end of this last season, but typically so consistent. He's a guy that I would I would put very similar vein to like Xander Schauffele. Just zero weaknesses in their game. Very soft-spoken. Don't get all the media attention because they're not out there giving interviews and things like that. They don't want the attention but from tee to green, just all-around golf game, I mean, he's phenomenal. He jumps into the top 10 in the world golf rankings, like you said, and peaking at a very nice time. Almost won the Shriners, too, just a few weeks ago at the 54-hole lead. He was the guy that everybody pointed to in that event and was like, that's the guy to win. He'd won there before, didn't get it done, and now he bounces back and, and beat an unbelievable field. I mean, minus DJ, pretty much everybody was there. Yeah, you mentioned Xander Shoffley. Both those guys, him and Patrick Cantley, are an agent's dream. Oh. Because they never say anything stupid. They don't say much at all, but they're never gonna never gonna get themselves in trouble. There's no endorsement deal that comes to either one of them. They're like, all right, just don't tweet anything stupid. Mm -hmm. Don't get drunk and start firing stuff off. They're gonna be just fine. They're gonna be exactly what you expect. But they're I think that's part of the reason why they don't get as much of attention. Sure, neither of them I don't think have won at the clip that they could win because they are so talented, but they also aren't the guys grabbing headlines every single week saying things about other players or whatever. They just go about their business, play well every single week, it seems like. And uh, that's why they don't get quite all the love. But I expect big things from Patrick Cantley this year. I think he's uh, now he's going to be a factor going, you know, in terms of betting. He'll be one of the guys higher up there on the boards going into Augusta and just getting that first one in, in over a year. Uh, it's, a, it's been a long time coming for him. And just that little shot of confidence, I think, goes a long way. As our good friend Mark Mulder would say, the ceiling is the roof. The ceiling is the roof <laughs> for him. Yeah. Not sure what that means. I have but no clue. I feel like good things are coming. For but Patrick I like Cantley. it. I'm going to yes, continue like to say too. it. Yeah. Well, and we're two weeks away from the Masters. And I tell you what, a man that didn't play this past week, still making news. Mr. Bryson DeChambeau sending out a little tweet and Instagram story showing that he hit his first ball over 400 yards in the air. Just a little 400 carry. Just, hey, I know I'm not playing this week, but here's a little reminder. I'm out here. I'm working. And, oh, by the way, I'm hitting it 400 in the air. And also, this isn't my 48-inch driver. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, finally, we get to, you know, we're seeing what this, what this 48-incher could do. Turns out it wasn't. If you do look, though, at the TrackMan or Flight Scope or whatever Flight it was, scope. it was uh, 20 mile an hour downwind. So, all right, that wasn't disclosed. You have to kind of look to find that. Was 20 mile an hour downwind? I don't care. 20, 400 yards in the air. But it was 56 degrees. So it was a little cooler. Yeah, he cooler. Was, which 
obviously, this guy's very, very smart. He's kind of looking like, to me, it looks like he's foreshadowing to Augusta where he thinks it's going to be a little chillier, a little breezier. And like you said, 20 mile an hour, that's a lot of wind, obviously. But still, 400 in the air, yeah. uh, get that's, down. That's still, that's different. Yeah, someone sent out a tweet like, what's he going to do on 375-yard par fours? Yeah. He doesn't have a club. But he's the betting favorite right now. And, I mean, with numbers like this, I mean, I mean, look out. It's going to be very interesting. I am a little nervous with Bryson about if he does go to this 48-inch driver with no competitive rounds before the Masters. Yeah, that's a big change. They add, what, two and a half inches to a driver? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a different swing. That's a different tempo. That's different everything. So to not have any rounds, competitive rounds under your belt going into a place like Augusta National and trying to trot that thing out. I mean, I know I'll have the practice rounds, but – Practice round's not the same as teeing it, teeing it up on Thursday morning with a club that you've never played in competition before. So, interested to see what he does. Yeah. Also, there's just so much talk around him, and he is the betting favorite, but it's like, rarely before, maybe Tiger Woods, rarely have we gone into a Masters and be like, it's win or bust for this guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's in the position now where, like, if he doesn't win the big, told you it wouldn't work, you know. But, you know, guys like Jordan Spieth, who we just had on, said it's his to lose, basically. Mm-hmm. That's a tough situation to be in, first or nothing. You still around there, you still got to you still got to putt it. And he's a great putter. He's 10th on the PGA Tour in putting. But you know what? Everybody has off weeks. Sure. So he's still got to put everything together. It's not like if he just goes out and stripes and the driver off the tee, he's going to win. Yeah. He's going to have a damn good chance. But he's still got to putt it. And there's some other dudes right now. Look at the leaderboard this past week. Cantlay, JT, Rom, DJ didn't hasn't gotten to play for the last couple of weeks, but he was playing some pretty damn good golf. There's a lot of the biggest names in golf who are trending right now headed in. It's not like it's just like, you know, he's not going to have any competition out there. I think I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves in terms of giving this thing to him. I think he absolutely could go out there and do something weird, but you still got to go do it. And there's still a lot of guys that can make birdies out there. Yep. Well, our guest this week, we're not going to get to him quite yet, but look for him to be a little dark horse around Augusta National. Yes. I love this guy's game a lot. But first, we got to open up the mailbag. Producer Mark, what do we got this week? Well, we have perhaps, I think, the biggest fan of the Honda Classic in America. Nicholas oh. Thomas reached out to Sleaze on IG, and he, want, he said he's been the last seven years. And he, he wants to know if you think it gets disrespected considering how much players struggle there. Uh, I definitely don't disrespect it. I'm guessing since he's been there the last seven years, he's seen me soup a few around the bear trap. There's no doubt about that. But, uh, I mean, it's one of the, you know, fairest, hardest tests on the PGA Tour. It's a fantastic golf course. Um, One that I, you know, you look forward to every year, but you're scared at the same time. It's one of those ones that you feel like you played a major at the end of the week. You're so exhausted. I mean, every single hole just slaps you in the face. Um, it, it's a great week. Probably the hardest closing stretch in golf, arguably, coming around that bear trap at the end. I mean, there's disaster lurking at every hole. I'll tell you who doesn't disrespect the place. That's me. I'll tell you what, I do. I hate the place because that's <laughs> basically where my career died. I've had final stage of Q school there uh, a number of years ago in the 11th hole. I was making my turn shot even on the front. Made a smooth little seven burger on number 11. Hit it in the left rough. It's hard to hole. go for it. Spare you the details, but there's a little chalk outline in the left rough of my body. I think this is where Sleaze's career died. Took a little shot to the face, right to the nose, and never recovered. And that place, I just, I did, I, by the way, I had to go play five more days after that, too. I was like, dude, it's just a death march around that place. Yeah. So uh, nobody will respect that place more than me. I, I think it's really, really hard. I had a tough time with it. But, I mean, it, it is one of the harder venues on the PJ Tour. And I would say probably the hardest place to close out a golf tournament, for sure. Yeah, it's it's, it's really fun to watch. I enjoy watching it more than playing it. There's no doubt oh, about dude, that. Dude, I, yeah, I get cold sweats just watching. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's the hole. There's All that right, son well, of a bitch. Well, thank you so much for the question. But, Salise, it's time to get to our, our special guest this week. Like I said, a man who could be a dark horse around Augusta National, one of the best iron players on the tour, ranked top 30 in the world, Abe answer. Yeah, and probably a guy that you'd look at and put on the short list of best players to not have won on the PGA Tour right now. He seems to be hanging around the hoop a lot. He's had some close calls, and but just the way he hits the golf ball, he played really well at the Shriners. His iron play is incredible. If he gets that putter cooperating, I mean, Augusta's second-shot golf course, 
uh, wouldn't count this guy out, but really fun to sit down and talk with Abe this week. Yeah, or he's or he might be on my list of guys who I'm surprised is on the PGA Tour. You'll find <laughs> right? out yes, when, yes. when you listen to this. All right, before we get to our guest, Abe Answer, a word from our official sponsor, Rockform. Sleaze, we've both used these things. We drive the members nuts. Things can go crazy loud. You can put two of them together. The magnets, they're never going to fall off the golf court. Golf cart, I absolutely love them. Love these things. They keep the cup holder available for things that are more important. Also, you can link it to your phone, so you take a little call. Oh, the wifey or the girlfriend calls. Hey, when are you going to be home? You're really on hole 17, about to finish up. Like, oh, we're on 11. We're behind a really slow group. Don't it's going to be about two or three more hours till we get out there. So this thing's awesome. You and I both use them, like you said, and uh, couldn't be higher on rock form. And like you said, also waterproof. A little cocktail happens to spill. Accidents no happen. problem at all. But if you want to get one of these amazing speakers, go to rockform.com. And enter code subpar for 25% off. That's code subpar at R-O-K-F-O-R-M.com for 25% off Rockform speakers. All right, here he is, Abe Answer on Golf Subpar. All right, well, here we go. We are now in the building with Abe Answer, 25th ranked player in the world, sipping on a little Fletcher Azul, your tequila company. It could get a little bit sloppy in here <laughs> but I'll, anything that you drink if it makes me my irons like you i'm gonna drink a gallon there of this go. that's a good you know point I mean? well, here's to you baby thanks cheers, for doing cheers it, to that for there sure by the way speaking of your iron play you are with mira and <sighs> you are one of the best iron players on the pj tour i was looking at some of your stats earlier when you finished second at hilton head you hit 90 percent of your greens for the week mm. that is asinine to me like that is that was wild i mean those are the small screens on the pj tour and you hit 90 percent. yeah i don't know i don't know what happened and i just i didn't even think about it i wasn't even until I, they mentioned it on the telecast, I was like, I looked at my stats, I was like, man, and I didn't win. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, <laughs> that's another point. You know, yeah. and like I play, I play good, and you know, Sundays like you play good, and sometimes you think, oh, that could have been enough, but like I thought that was gonna be definitely enough because I I shot five five six under mm-hmm. the last day, played good. There was a lot of putts that definitely could have gone in, but man, I mean. I don't know what, what else Simpson, can you Simpson do, clutched dude? up nicely yeah. and made five birdies in the last six, and I was like, "Hats yeah. to him." I mean, he played great. I don't know what the record for most number of greens hit around Harbortown is, but that if that's not it, I don't want to know. Who <laughs> I don't care where better. you're playing. If you're hitting ninety percent in seventy-two holes, that's a joke. This might you, that might be the answer right there. But you're obviously one of the best iron players in the world. What's the golf course that you look at and say on the PGA Tour is like this is the perfect spot for me? Well, it would be somewhere like like that, somewhere that I know you have to be in the fairway. And your targets are really small, and I, I didn't even know they were like the the smallest greens mm-hmm. on tour. But they now that I look back, they they are, and you you really narrow narrow your focus. And maybe that's what helped me because it's not like I hit ninety or seventy percent of the greens all the time. I, there's probably courses that the greens are huge, and I mm-hmm. hit maybe fifty of them. I don't I don't know, but that week it just it just felt right. You know that I like it off the tee. I like it going to the greens. And the year prior, I didn't even play that good. Mm-hmm. I missed the cut. It was the first time that I was there. Different conditions, the yeah. overseeded and stuff. But yeah, you know what? See, I, I, I like courses like that. I feel like that's a good lesson for everybody listening at home, though. It's like, look, like you said, you can play a place with massive greens, and you go out there and you miss a bunch of them. But the yeah. small greens, you narrow in, and you're like, okay, middle of the green is going to give me 15, 18 feet to these 100%. small greens. So let's just focus on middle of the green, just ignore the pin and see what happens. I think that's a great lesson for everybody listening at home. That's something that I learned once I got to the PG Tour really mm-hmm. quickly, and my coach in college would always tell me that, you know, but in college you're just, you think you're better than what you really are. And you're looking at, you're staring at <laughs> I that, get it. you're staring at that pin and you're just, you just got one vision, which is fine. But you get to the PGA tour and you can't really be short-sighted. I mean, it's, it's pretty tough. It gets tough and you learn how, how nice is putting from the middle of the green. And if the target is small, then you're not going to mm-hmm. have a long putt. Harbortown, the 90% at Harbortown is even more impressive because like 
the fairways are a tiny, but B, you can hit the fairway. If you're on the wrong side of the fairway, fairway you yeah. might not even have a shot at the green. So it's not yeah. like you're just your iron play is good. Like it has to be perfect off the tee. Like oh, this needs to be left center or, or left Correct. of that to have a shot. Yeah, you can be in the middle of the fairway and have to shape the shot to hit the green, which is something Old that school, I think is really which cool. Which would be cool if there's more school. places like that. Exactly. Yeah. I might not be sitting behind this microphone. Fewer <laughs> Beth Pages, more Harbor Towns. Let's yeah. get back to the jump, though, dude. You're born in Texas, grew up in Reynosa, Mexico. What age? When did you start getting into the game of golf? Uh, since the get-go, man. My my dad took me to the golf course in Reynosa, Mexico, where I grew up um, since I was pretty much in diapers. And then since then, I've, I haven't stopped. So It's pretty soon. I grew up there. Uh, I got, yeah, like I said, I got pictures and diapers. Barely I could stood up and I already had a golf club in my hand. First tournament, I was like five or six years old. And I grew up playing a little mini junior tour in, in Mexico. And that's kind of how I got I got started. And then after that, I wanted to pursue this in the, in the States. I knew I wanted to go to college. So it, I moved to the States okay. when it, I was. Is, is it true Odessa is the only place that offered you a scholarship? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I didn't do a really good job just because I didn't really know how it worked. To be mm -hmm. honest, I should have done a lot more homework. And I didn't play any AJGA events or anything like that. So really, coaches didn't really know about me at all. So I got I got lucky. My yeah, my already I was already done with school, mm -hmm. with high school. And I was like, well, I don't have really any options. So that was really the only one. And Coach Chavez called me. He's like, hey, you want to come here? And give you a full ride, play here, you play good, you can transfer somewhere else. Like, mm -hmm. sweet, let's do it. When you were growing up and just starting, like you said, you started so early, like kids nowadays at six, they've got a swing teacher and they got the technology and the video and all that. Were you growing up doing that same stuff, going to teachers earlier, or were you more like a home taught guy? Yeah, no, I uh, actually, I've never had a swing coach ever. Oh, I still shit. don't, so. <laughs> there it is. There's uh, he's one 47 guy. of them. I mean, that's why you never made it. <laughs> no one could fix me. That's why I'm so, done. So I mean, when I, I growing up there, just the local pro, there were there were a couple that were there taught me just the, you know the most simple stuff, the basics, how to grip it, how to swing it, and that's it. After that, I've never never had never had a lesson, never had a really a coach. To this day, right, nothing. To this day, no. So you're hitting it bad. You're not going on video or anything like that. I mean, I can I have it. videos of myself, and I would like kind of look something different. But I know my swing that well now that I that I know what's wrong when I'm like, when I'm missing it right or whatever. I can manage my miss as well. So that's something that I take a lot of, I take advantage of because I don't want to be messing and putting something in my head. It's like, once you start switching and now a lot of things come into play that you, you don't even know because now I know my swing really well. And if I'm being able to hit a little drawer and a fade and high or low, then I don't really want to mess with it, to be honest. Wow. But that's, that's very impressive. Unless, refreshing, unless there's a moment that I'm like, I'm stuck and I can't get better. I feel like there's a little more that I, that I'm just not getting. Then maybe I will look into that. I do have a putting coach, uh, which has helped me tremendously. But other than that, I just kind of do it on my own. That's refreshing. Yeah. Well, We're your coach, your coach at Odessa said, you know, if you play well, you can go transfer somewhere else. You win the Jack Nicholas award while at Odessa and you end up going to OU. Coach Ryan Hibble calls mm -hmm. you. Did anybody else call you? Were you looking to go anywhere else or was OU it? Yeah. Well, OU was the first uh, big school that approached mm -hmm. me and went and visited. And I was like kind of pretty blown away right off the bat. Um, I liked the coaches as well, too. Mm -hmm. There were other options in, on the table, uh, actually quite a bit. I had a, thankfully, I had a really good year that year mm -hmm. at Odessa. And, uh, but yeah, it was always kind of where I, I never really thought about going somewhere else. So Ryan Hibble was awesome to me. He gave me an offer I couldn't refuse yeah. to. So, Car? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> how many wheels yeah, do you have? Was, yeah. <laughs> Everything was legal, guys. Yeah. Kidding, kidding. But, what was uh, the recruiting trip like, though? Did you go to a football game? I mean, Anthony Kim went there. He said he went went to a football game. No, was like, I, it, it was it was not on season. 
but I played. I went there. I flew. It was just happened like that by my own. I had no idea like where I was going to. Uh, Will Crop, uh, former teammate of mine, we played around together. The golf course was beautiful. It was a great time. Like the fall, it was just awesome. And I fell in love with the place. I love that the golf course was right there on campus. So you, I can be done in school and three minutes later I'm teeing it up. So that was that was big for me. The coaches were awesome. Um, they, Jimmy, Jimmy Austin, is that the coach? Jimmy Austin, yeah. See, that's always confused me with being in Oklahoma. Jimmy Austin and you're in Norman, Oklahoma. With they should the feel like they thing. would rename yeah. that course. Yeah. Very interesting. I know. But it, I know. Yeah. Everybody tells me the same thing. Yeah. But, yeah, Jimmy Austin. Damn it, I thought o, I was the only one who thought of that. <laughs> I can't believe I, someone else thought of that. You yeah. won twice early at OU, and you end up staying through your through your senior year. Any thoughts with, like, you, you go to Odessa, you win a bunch of times, win every award you can win, go to OU, win twice right off the jump. Did you ever think about turning pro early? Never did, actually, you know. I always wanted to have a plan B just in case golf didn't work out. I I told my family that I wanted to uh, to just get my degree. And he, my dad, my dad and my mom didn't really care about like what degree is like. Just get done something that you enjoy, and after that, you can just do whatever you want. You okay. can turn pro. What would have been Plan B? Right now, selling tequila. Selling tequila. That's what I was about perfect. To say, dude. There, there you go. go. Well done. <laughs> He's got A and B knocked uh, out. He's one of those yeah. guys. Yeah, but you turn pro after Oklahoma, and you kind of a slow start. Yeah. You know, eventually end up getting. I met the- you there. Yes, you did. We played together. We're going to get to that. Oh, Don't we worry got a about great this. Story We're going to get to that. that. Don't worry. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. Colt remembers. Oh, I remember very well. <laughs> like I can't this. wait to hear we'll this. We'll get to that at the end. No, Hopefully, it's a good one. It's great. <laughs> oh, it's, it's great. It it's looks. Fantastic. It makes you look great. It makes me look like an asshole. Yep. But we'll get to that. That's fine. But was it? <laughs> did it kind of surprise you that you, you struggled early on, right when you turned pro with all the success you had in college? No, not really. I, I've always been the guy that gets somewhere and doesn't feel like I'm going to go. I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. I've always been the guy that I get somewhere and he's like, I got to play my best to have a chance to be in the top. So I've never been the guy that was like, oh, this is going to be a breeze. So, and I think that's what kind of has helped me throughout my career. And I've never been like the superstar or anything on any level. I've always been kind of there and just getting better, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that mentality has been kind of really good for me. I, I feel like I don't want to change that. I always want to be in that kind of frame of mind. And no, I and I actually learned a lot from where I struggled. I made it to the PGA Tour mm-hmm. after a season and a half. Um, and then I struggled. I played terrible golf my mm-hmm. first year of, uh, on the PGA Tour. And it was pretty brutal mentally. Not making a cut, not making a cut, not making mm-hmm. a cut. But I did change a lot of things. That's, that's what I was going to ask. So your rookie year, you finished like 190th on the FedEx Cup. Mm-hmm. You go back, you have a good year on the corn, what's now the Corn Ferry Tour. And you get back, and I think you finished 60th around mm-hmm. the FedEx Cup your next year back. And then now all of a sudden you're just you're twenty fifth you're twenty fifth in the world. Rocket like, ship. At what point did it all kind of like click, or what change did you make that like just changed your game? So that first year, I go from the Comfort Ferry to the PGA mm-hmm. Tour. I get to the first event, and I think it was Napa, mm-hmm. hitting balls. I'm like in Disneyland, right? And then Rory, I think that's like the only time Rory yeah. has played that event. He says up next to me. I'm like. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah of course and i'm dude. hitting balls and i'm like just thinning it. it's cold i'm like man this feels terrible yeah and then just i mean seeing these five irons are just taking off you know and like flying like 215 i'm like god like i'm like made me think like that it really intimidated me you know mm-hmm. it's like man i don't know if i have what it takes to be out here and i was like man i want i need i want to, i need to hit it higher because i i mean normally hit it pretty low you know mm-hmm. i grew up in the wind and like man, I need to hit it higher and like kind of farther. So I started tinkering. I started changing shafts and changing stuff. And long story short, 
everything went downhill bad. Like I made too many changes. The shafts that I ended up using were terrible for me. My swing even changed. Like I looked at a swing when I was like hitting it really well. And then I looked at a swing after that, those months of like trying new stuff and it completely changed. That's when a swing coach will be handy. When you change your stuff and you have other eyes to kind of look at you, but but that was that was actually really good for me because it taught me so many lessons in those months that I played just terrible golf by doing all those changes, and it made me realize that I didn't have to change anything. I just had to play my game, get better at what I'm already decent at, you know, and and go from there. So I went back to basics, played all the clubs that I played that walk that got me there in the first place. Didn't change anything. Went back to the Corn Ferry Tour. And play great. I didn't win. I, I didn't win that year, but I played so solid that I think I finished like second on the money list without winning mm -hmm. throughout the whole year. That gave me a lot of confidence, got on the PGA Tour and just didn't change anything. I just kept doing the same thing. And I realized I was like, man, I don't have to like hit it like anybody else, mm -hmm. like, you know, like DJ or, or Rory or, you know, and that gave me a lot of confidence. And from there, I just kept been doing my thing and I haven't really changed anything. Yeah, that I think second time, I was, sorry, that second time you got on tour, where then you started having success. You started playing great. Do you think that was more of like, my game has developed and I'm a better player now from my rookie year? Or was it rookie year just feeling like, I don't belong out here. These guys are better. I got to change everything. I think it was a little bit of both. Like I said, that first year, I was, that was such a rookie move. All, everything I did. And I, and that was good because I learned from it. And it, it was good that it happened. Everything a lot of bad in such a period of time that I can really learn of that and not do all those mistakes along the line, which I think that helped yeah, quite a I bit. Yeah, I feel like that's a common thing. Like, tons of rookies have that. You know what I mean? They get up there and you see Rory for the, and you're like, oh my God, dude, I don't hit it like that. I'm not good. I see DJ. I don't, and they all kind of fall into the same trap. Like, I don't belong. I need to change things. When really, you probably were good enough with your game that you brought to the tour at that time. Yeah, I mean, you, you see it all the time. And I mean, I try to tell, help young kids that come out there. I'm like, listen, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for you out there. Club reps are going to be coming up to you nonstop saying, hit this, hit this, learn how to say no. Yeah. And look, it's, you're, you're not playing against Rory and Tiger. You're playing against whatever golf course you're on. It's easier said than done. I'll never forget Martin Pillars was a rookie on the PGA Tour, and we were at Torrey Pines, and Tiger was playing for the first time that year. And I look over, and he's on the range, and he's filming Tiger hitting balls. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, bud, uh, you got to beat that guy yeah, this week. Exactly. Probably shouldn't be in awe of him right now. But it's that's I mean it's it's hard not to be when you when you watch these guys on TV growing up it's I mean it's crazy out there yeah and it's like in college you get you I mean you can't wait to get a new club mm -hmm. you know oh, yeah and now it's like I can't wait I mean I just want my clubs not to break like yeah. my five wood or something like if mm -hmm. that thing breaks I'll be like heartbroken you know because I don't want to change that thing it's so good it goes exactly where I want to do and it's something that a lot of the rookie guys might not really think about you mm -hmm. know it's like there's nothing sexier than making the putt. You know, a lot of things is like, well, this putt looks amazing. Dude. Like, look how nice it looks. Yeah, but if you don't mm -hmm. make, don't anything, make anything, that's not even, you know what I mean? Everyone falls into that trap. It's crazy. No matter what level you're at, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I want the new, th oh, look at this new putter. It's like, and they don't make shit with it. Exactly. You know, like, well, what's the point? But now you're 25th in the world. Has your mindset changed now when you tee it up? They're like, I'm one of the guys to beat. I'm not just trying to belong out here. I'm trying to dominate this thing. Well, obviously you want to be, you want to have that confidence, right? And now I look at other players and I don't feel like, you know what I mean? Now mm -hmm. I know that I play with most of, of the guys out there, and and you you gotta have that confidence. But I'm never the guy that I'm like overconfident really at any any time. I like to feel good about my game. I don't have like that many of the jitters of like, but it's, I still obviously get nervous every single time I tee it up, and I feel like I belong, which is probably what it changed. But I don't feel like you tell me you feel like the 25th player in the world, and like man, I don't really. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I feel like there's so much that I can get better at, and like, 
which is awesome knowing that I'm that I'm there. But I don't really like to like think about that. I don't want to get comfortable or anything. I want to keep get building on what I'm doing. Well, you are on a hell of an uprise right now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you finished second, I think, three times now on the PJ Tour. You become the first Mexican player to qualify for the Presidents Cup team. What does that mean to you? Yeah, that was really cool, man. That experience was awesome. I love team events mm. and growing up playing playing soccer is is just not it's not only about you, which golf is all about you, right? So whenever you have the chance to to feel that emotion with a team, with a captain and all that, man, I can't I mean that was that was awesome. My teammates were great. And to represent Mexico, bring Mexico to something big like that, it's awesome. And y'all had a great chance to win. I mean, it was tight the whole way. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty brutal. Uh, that Sunday was pretty heartbroken for the whole team. Uh, we were really heartbroken. We wanted it bad. Uh, the international, I mean, that was the first time I played, obviously. Mm-hmm. But just of the stories, everybody says it was just the international team just really didn't have a chance at all in the past, I don't know, quite a bit of, of cups. So having a, a chance to, to win it there, it was kind of cool, obviously. But we were pretty heartbroken. We wanted it that sure, bad. Yeah. yeah, and so much was made of the comments about Tiger. We're not going to get in and make you relive all that because it's all over the <laughs> internet and stuff. I just my only question on that is: Have you since like you cleared it up and kind of said what you were saying to Tiger? Have you guys exchanged words? You and Tiger ever come up to him and like, hey man, I get it or whatever? Has there been no, any conversation? No, not at all. I mean, uh, I've seen it a couple of times at events. We haven't really been in the same like room or anything. Kind of nodded or whatever, but no, he doesn't say really anything at all. Yeah, but he well, did kind of suck that experience. Was, yeah, yeah, that like, was, man. I, I was that... so like, because it was such a cool experience for me that mm-hmm. all that whole event. And then having said that, I like would love to be playing my hero growing up in such yeah. an it's such an awesome event, you know, yeah. like. That, and then that all of that got spun out, and I, and I left that uh, that week, and I was like, just like gassed. I was like, man, that sucked. I mean, you, you went 3-1-1, though. I mean, you, yeah, you, no, I know, I know, unreal. but, like, exactly. No, I should have been really proud, but then when yeah. I left, I was like, man, I can't believe, like, that happened. And you just said what every other player in the world, of course you want to play Tiger Woods. This is the guy that's... Remember like, when you said you weren't going to talk about it? Exactly. <laughs> huh? it's, it's fine. I mean, well, I mean, it's just we're just clearing it up. Like, yeah. you said what every... We had John Rahman here a while back. He played him in the Ryder Cup in Paris, and he was like, dude, when I found out I was playing Tiger, I couldn't have been more, like, this is my idol. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. of course I want to tee it up against that guy. Exactly. I mean, would you rather play? Gary Woodland or Tiger? Of course you want to play Tiger. <laughs> Who wants Gary? God, There's no upside as Gary. <laughs> but you've been on an absolute run. You made back-to-back tour championships. You were scheduled to play your first Masters in April. Obviously, COVID ruined that. How excited are you to get to Augusta National in November? And have you been there yet? I'm pumped. I haven't. I Actually, I was going to go there and play my first round the Monday after the players. I think the whole everyone that was qualified was going the Monday after the players. That place was <laughs> going to be been packed. S- yeah. There you go. Good so, money games yeah, that day. I was I was going to go there the Monday after the players, and then obviously that all that got canceled. But I'm pumped, man. That was the only major I didn't qualify last mm-hmm. year. And there's nothing. I mean, I'm sure there's nothing like it. But uh, I'm a huge fan of majors. It feels is a different feel when you walk in there and. I can't wait. I don't know how it's going to look in November. Maybe no. Well, some pictures the other day looked rather nice. They look nice. I don't yeah. know about the azaleas. I don't know if they're going to be blooming or not. They'll figure it out. They'll, I know. They they'll fly them in from out. wherever the hell they need to fly them but, in. From uh, I'm pumped. Sure I guess two there. two masters in yeah. what, five months or two less than five months? Five months, yeah. Yeah, that ain't bad. I want to go back to the uh, President's Cup real quick. Nothing yeah. related to Tiger or whatever. But we've had guys in here from the U.S. Ryder Cup, U.S. President's Cup team. We've had European Ryder Cup players. We've never had an international President's Cup player in here. I want to know, I'm really infatuated by like the team room and the dynamic and stuff in there. Take us inside the, the international team team room uh, down in Melbourne. Who are, uh, who are like the, who's the like 
firecracker guy, the guy that keeps the energy up? Like, what are the roles everyone plays in there? Because the U.S. has guys like Phil. And Had to have like been that. Sung Jack. Had to have been Sung Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Sung Jay. We got good stories about that I guy. Very little English, yeah. Sung Jay. But we call them Senmugi, which is big Korean weapon. Oh, that, that, yeah, yeah it's a that great guy name. love that does not miss Mm-mm, and nope. it's insane like i've never seen anything like it you just tell him but he's so aggressive i'm kind of going away from your question no that's all right he's anyway. so aggressive like he always look at spin is he doesn't care like i'm going at this i don't care i'll get it up and down if i don't hit the green and i guess pepsi it was caddy for mm-hmm. him that week uh changes caddies all the time yeah. i guess and um they get tired he, he tells me like hey man Please talk to him and just kind of show him like where to hit it because mm-hmm. Melbourne you can't you can't shoot the, at the pins you have to like work the greens and super firm. And I was like walking down and when he was my partner he was like Sanjay right here like that like 133 right there and he was like right there okay Whoosh, right at it like <laughs> right perfect down. every time it's like okay perfect so we ended up we had a great match we did great and going back to your uh, to your question Louis Louis is probably the guy that I've never I I didn't really spend that much time before the Presidents Cup. He was always really nice to me and me to him, but we never really you know like talked a lot. He surprised me. That guy is so funny. Louis is so funny singing karaoke. The the yeah. rides the rides back on the um, on the bus. We had a, like microphone. I mean, it was amazing. Nicest guys ever. All the Australians are crazy. Great people. Um, Adam Scott, definitely, definitely uh, kind of like a captain vibe. Great, great guy that kind of pushes you and motivates you. He uh, gave us a speech that we never really um, expected. I was just kind of like getting off the bus, and I was like, bro, I am ready. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I'm ready I will run to a play golf. Wall. Like, I, was, I never felt that. I was like, wow, this is, this is awesome. And all the guys, we had a really good camaraderie, and I feel like the internationals have never really had that before of what they told me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're always like, you know, different countries, different languages. It's tough to it's connect, tough, yeah. you know? And this is the first year that everybody was like, man, we actually felt like a team, you know? It was it was really cool. Ernie, I think Ernie did an amazing job of prepping us before the President's Cup actually happens. Like, hey guys, you guys don't speak the same language, but figure it out, play some rounds together, something, you know? So we don't get there. And he's like, okay, we gotta be a team, you know? So once I feel like when we were there, we were, we already felt somewhat as a team, and we kind of clicked, and it was kind of like the different factor that they had before. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to the presence the team now. Like stuff. I want it to be competitive. Yeah, because really you don't want to see yeah, that and nah. then be like already done by like Saturday. You know, like. Do you yeah. think they keep those same captains together for the next Presidents Cup on the international side? Uh, Being that every like all the players seemed like they loved it. Yeah, it was amazing. They already announced Trevor England will be the 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 captain for Do the your next. Do you think those please. other guys are? I know, but are they going to be involved like that same group? They did they, so well, and everyone like was. Pr- they haven't announced. I I hope so. I mean, I I truly hope so. I think we had a great captains, great vibes. I think we had a a great game. I mean, a great game plan. But I don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna do it. I mean, it is a lot being the captain. A lot of people don't realize what actually goes into it. Ernie was super invested. Um, and it does take a lot of time and a lot more than people think, I will say. Mm-hmm. Did you go to Ernie and are like, hey, here's who I want to play with. Here's the guys I like. And this is who I no, match no, well no. with. He or did, did he, he did just did say, everything. here's who you're with? He did, every, he did everything. We had a group of guys there and just they did everything. We never really, we didn't say, like, yeah, I want to play with this guy. It's just kind of, we kind of matched what games match with other guys, you know, to make the best teams. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, Imagine that's going to be a goal of yours 
throughout the rest of your careers to be on every yeah. president's once cup i team. felt like yeah. that camardi and like the how fun it was mm-hmm. i would love to play every single time that's yeah, cool. obviously. Is, is, would you say where does that rank in terms of your most memorable week playing golf of your career? It's definitely definitely up there, top three. I mean, up there with, I mean, it's not like I've won a lot, but I mean, on the on the Australian Open win and my Corn Ferry Tour win, I was gonna be up there, but it was awesome. That's cool. Yeah, and the fans in Australia are sweet too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they love their golf down Call there. Call me Aussie Abe. Aussie Abe and the big Korean weapon. I don't weapon. know why I do That's I dangerous. do like Australia, man. The golf courses are sick. Um, you get you miss a green and you have like three four options to kind of play a shot and i think sometimes that's kind of what we miss here in in the u.s and in mexico as well you miss a green you only have one shot you know like if you're in the rough you just gotta chop it out over there you got like a bunch of options flop shot or like a low spinner or like bank it off of that it's so cool i think it's amazing Firm and windy, yep. like Odessa. Those Odessa mm-hmm. days coming yeah. into play I mean, years Odessa later. Did help, man. Uh-huh. I was, was Odessa. Some bullets. It is, honey, I'm from Odessa. Odessa. It's in Odessa. Yeah, exactly. All right, <laughs> all right. We do this with every guest, Dave. We go to a little emergency nine, nine fun questions. Just get to know you a little better. Okay. All right, and I'm gonna start it off Ooh. today. We ask this to everyone. There's a movie made about the life of Abe Answer. Who plays you? You can pick any actor. Ooh. Say Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. I'm, I'm, Hart. I'm, I'm almost there. Look at this. All right. You and Gary Woodland don't quite understand how the game works, okay. but we'll, we'll, we'll all right. get to it. All right. I'm almost yep. there. I got the A. Hey, we got the height. We got the height going. All right. That's fair. I mean, it's your movie. You can have it ever. Gary said Denzel Washington for him, so <laughs> don't really understand how that works. Who'd you have? I had a young Johnny Depp mostly because of the facial hair and stuff. Oh, wow. That's yeah, good. I can yeah. see that. Captain Jack. Yeah. I had a dude, and I don't know his name, but he's the star oh. of Narcos. Mexico. Yeah. You I, watch that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the dude. Couldn't find his name. I don't know what I was doing, but that's him. Oh, yeah. Good research. What's the other one? No. The next question. Oh, we got, oh, we got a few more. <laughs> oh, I'm, right. few more. I'm trying to drag one? this out so I can drink a little more of this Fletcher. All right, next question. Your big putter collector. How many do you have and what's your most prized putter? I don't know where this came from that I'm a huge putter collector. I read it. It says it on your PJ It's on the Tour internet. Bio. It's definitely true. I think that is super old and I don't know if it's updated or not, but I do have quite a few putters. Um, I do have an Odyssey number five that was made for me in Japan. That all the face is um, Damascus metal, all the front, which is pretty cool and rare. Just crazy metal. You ever putted with it, or just? Uh, yeah, out? I mean, I have it there. I I roll it there in my in my office quite a bit, but I I don't know. I don't want to. I don't take it out. Mine is is working now, so I don't. I don't want to yeah, touch I would, it. Yeah, I wouldn't change anything right now if I yeah. was you. All right, that's fair. fair. Enough. All cool. right, next question. I know you're very passionate about race cars. Mm-hmm. If you weren't a golfer, I heard you might want to do that if it wasn't for tequila. Awesome. So are you more passionate about race cars or just cars in general or tequila? Mm, definitely tequila. You have to say that. You have to tie on your hat. No, not really. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy cars a lot. I watch every Formula One race. Uh, got to cheer on my boy, Checo Perez. Um, you, know, you got a Mexican, Mexican guy out there. You gotta, I love it. You got to support it, right? But it's fun. I love all that. I love all the crazy engineering how much they spend on research and changing a little bit of the tail of the you know it, it just baffles me how much money they spend on little things that make a huge difference to like gain a 0.001 seconds or stuff like that so i think it's amazing you gotta have a screw loose to get in those things too and mm. zip around I mean, like yeah, they do absolute rockets yeah all right next question Give me the current hierarchy of Mexican athletes. Give me the top three in order. Most beloved athletes in Mexico right now. Most beloved. Ooh, that's a tough question. Uh, I think this is Jorge Campos, which is my 
buddy loves golf. Um, he's probably the most famous guy in soccer ever. I mean, he played, he's, he's retired for a long time, but he's still, I go with him somewhere in Mexico. Nobody knows or has any idea who the hell I am, mm -hmm. but anywhere we go, he is like taking pictures with every single guy holding babies. And so I was like, dude, <laughs> what is going on? So Jorge Campos would definitely be up there. Okay. Um, obviously Lorena Choa has got to be up there. She absolutely killed it. On I played that. a pro-am yep. with LPGA. her last year. Mm -hmm. She, they, they broke us up into teams and I drew her, which I was like, Oh my God, this is incredible. Yeah. The nicest woman on the planet. It's amazing. Awesome. She's awesome. And mm -hmm. does a ton for charity and she retired. I mean, I, I was like, man, she retired at her absolute peak. Number one in the world. Mm -hmm. And said, see ya. Uh, when we played, she like still Barry had Sanders. This was last year. She still had the all 14 clubs from the day she retired. Yeah. Why Being would, like G5 Why driver. wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. They no, she's awesome. And we, she's super nice. I've had a good week or something. And she like to send me a text, just always cheering me on. She's, she's definitely a role model, man. She kind of awesome. opened. Yeah. Dominated. You did? Don't <laughs> lie on this show. I feel show, like it was alternate. Fact check I feel this. like it was alternate Quick. shot. Okay. But it's crazy uh, how competitive right. she still is. Like she would hit a bad shot. And she'd get mad. And I was like, yes, I love this. Yeah. This is great. All but, right. Uh, Canelo. Canelo is definitely going to be up there and also Checo Perez. I was going to say, I was going to go for uh, Canelo has absolutely killed it in the boxing world. Also getting into golf. He's a golf nut. So, yeah, he, man, played he's played in Tahoe this year. Yeah. You want to bet off Steph Curry. So he, exactly. Yeah, like just so started. He, he's absolutely, I played with him in uh, a WGC in Mexico on Monday. We had a little pro-am there and we played together. He just started and for like how little he's been playing. Pretty good. I might like be that. wrong about this, but I thought he said he, that he's been playing ten months and he shot like eighty four that last yeah. day. At the no, yeah, Tahoe. that's a joke. Yeah, when I played, he, he was he was he was been playing for like six months, or yeah. four or five months. He's just Crazy. one of those guys. Yeah, and Checo in Formula One. Got you. Okay. That's All right. Good. Yeah. And then your your fifth. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking okay. about me. I was just thinking, I mean, yeah. Just always stay ahead of Carlos five. Ortiz, the, prin the princess. <laughs> this is your yeah. boy. The princess. Yeah. All right. Next question. This one might hit a little close to home here. Does your caddy Dale Valley like tequila or Fireball better? Ah, oh, Fireball. It's not even a question. He doesn't <laughs> even like. He doesn't like anything. He doesn't like. He doesn't like the taste of alcohol. To be. Of I don't either. Except this. <laughs> yeah, look, we need some. We need a big rock. Mm. Yeah, but, big, uh, a big globe. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, he definitely. So he doesn't really enjoy drinking. He's a beauty. He's one of my favorite caddies out there. It, I absolutely love him to death. He'll do anything for really anybody. Like, this guy is amazing. He likes to gamble too, Slaze. You'd like him. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm into him. He'll gamble. A fireball anything. drinker likes to gamble. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. I think he. Sign me up. I think over the over the break, he was gambling on weather because there was no sports. <laughs> I love that. Perfect. I think love he was perfect. gambling on like, temperature. <laughs> what are the odds that it's going to that it's gonna rain in Vegas or whatever? He'll put a bed in or something. That's Damn. crazy. <laughs> I love this man. Never met him, but I feel like I know him. He's fantastic. You will absolutely love him. All right, for sure. love him. All right, next question. This one's a little self-serving, but it kind of ties into Colt's final question. Did you know you were destined for greatness when you beat me at second stage at Q School in 2014? Did you know I was in the field? I had no were idea. You, was I on the radar? He thought y'all just met today. Oh, yeah. yeah, we did. <laughs> I had no idea. We where what in Houston? Kingwood, yeah. In Houston? Yeah, when it was freezing. Oh my God! Remember I that? remember it was like that winter day. times a hundred. That was absolutely what was it? Deer run? Deer? Deer? Uh, Deerwood. Deerwood. That's what? where they filmed Tin Cup. Tin Cup. Yes, exactly. And that hole's impossible. Bogey it every day. I just play it as a par five. It was uh, no. I had absolutely. I had no idea. Mm. And I was just. I was just trying to stay alive that time that week. It was freaking. It was like cold. the movie Alive, but with golf clubs. That sounds sweet. It yeah, was. I brutal. hate that. It was like thirty-three. Blowing and raining. Legit the worst weather you could have. 
Yeah, we made she it, and then we went it. separate. We were at the, at one time we were on the same level. Then we mm. things changed. We, we diverted okay. after that. <laughs> right. it, it, I mean, that weather, and you're actually playing for your future. Yeah, it sucks. Not fun. <laughs> sucked. All right, number seven. Sorry guys, I need to go. No, get your refill. But do it as you're listening to this, okay? Yeah, here we we're go. We're just gonna we're gonna fast forward to your first PGA Tour win, okay? Fast you're, forward, okay? Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get this win, and you're gonna reward yourself with any car you want. What is Abe answer buying? Any car. Hmm. Oh, I think I'm, I think I will go old. I think I will go with like a 1975 oh. Turbo Porsche. All right. Classic. How many cars you got at home right now? Two. Two? What are they? Yeah. A Raptor and. Raptor. Gotta yeah. have a truck in Texas. Well, I mean, I go to the ranch all the time, so I mean, if you see it, is nobody wants to buy it from me. It's all scratched <laughs> up. But I mean, I use it like it yeah. should be for a ranch truck, yeah. you know. And what's the other one? And uh, Porsche. Yeah. Gotta go right. fast. You yeah. gotta have one of each. Mm-hmm. That's it. Make sure it matches your outfit. Yes, All right, sir. next question. I think you have one of the most well-kept beards on the PGA Tour. Well, thank you. I want to know. Give me the maintenance He's, on Give me that. I was going to say something about Colts, but I think yours is... I, I, really like what you, I really like what you do with this beard. So I need to know the maintenance on this thing. What's the, what's the trimming schedule like? Is there any sort of sheen or product in there? Because it always looks no, perfect on TV. No, I don't really... I don't do much. I got this, uh, this little machine called the Peanut. Peanut? Yeah. Okay. Never heard of this. Colt, you got one of those? Peanut by, I don't know. Got a peanut. Wall, is it Wall, maybe? <laughs> I'm getting, I'm nice. giving some shout outs here by Wall, I think yeah. it is. Uh, and yeah, I just trim it with uh, the level one guard. Yeah. And then take that off and just do the edging over here and that's it. Yeah, the edges are always super tight. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I don't really. It looks like it's like a, like a painting. Yeah, I don't Perfect. really do anything special. I just do that probably, I don't know, every, maybe once a week. Damn, that's it. Man. That's a gift. I'm every day. That's a gift. What are, you, what are you daily? Once a week. Just on this, and then thing? like once a week, I do a two guard around. Just this. tighten it up a yeah. little yeah. each day, and then once yeah. a week trim. Yeah, yeah. All right, I can't grow a beard, but when I do, I'll yeah. tell you guys. Maybe my one day. Yeah. Puberty. All right, last it's question. Coming. This is a big one. This is really tough for me to swallow. That's I'll be it. honest. Okay. Okay. Not sure if you ever heard this or not, but we played together in Q school, final stage in Palm Springs. Had a lot of people ask me what I thought of your game. Okay. And I pride myself on this because I'm normally right. Okay. If guy's destined for greatness, I normally predict it. I said, you know what? I don't think he has it. I don't think he's going to make it. <laughs> Who did you tell that? A lot of people Everyone, ask me this. I'll be honest. Hey, if you'd said it on radio a million times, it's like, this is my one whiff in mm-hmm. the golf world. I played really? with Gabe. Do you think this will it. go down as one of the worst predictions in sports history? It already is. Well, I, don't, I mean, there's not really much to debate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've killed it. I was wrong. Uh, I'm admitting to you I that know, I was I wrong. That's what, hard for me. Well, I don't know what he meant. What you meant to like, he doesn't have it. Like, he doesn't have it. I just to didn't win. think you'd make it to the top <laughs> level and be like a top player in the world or anything like that. Why you, you did you think I was able to stay on the PGA Tour or no? Or yeah, you, you you even say you, he's yeah, not going to last on the PGA Tour? They, I, think, I, think the simple question was, I think the simple question was, is he going to make it? Which means make it to the PGA Tour. And I said, I don't think so. What a oh, hater, dude. That's awesome. What a no, hater. I love being proven wrong. I mean, it's, it's that's the first time. You think ever. this hurts his chances of being CBS broadcaster? With the <laughs> <laughs> People are listening. I predicted it up right. The that's suits good. are listening right there's now. So this many, kid's I mean, shit. He so can't many, even identify talent. There's He's so done. many guys that are there that be wrong. It's so hard to like predict something like that. And there's so many guys that I played in college that you're like, wow, this guy's going to be mm-hmm. a stud. And then you don't even know where they are. Dude, it's, I mean, every, there's, there's so many that, of those yeah. guys. We'll be sitting around, and every time they show you on TV on the last group, I'm like, God, did I whiff on this one so bad? <laughs> and I'm happy I did, because you're awesome. Yes, but, you are. You proved him wrong, brother. Yeah. Abe, thank you so much for joining us, yes. man. Congratulations on your golf, Fletcher Azul, and thanks, thanks for bringing us so much. Thanks for the samples, my brother. So Here's to you. Thanks yeah. for doing Cheers. it. Cheers. Thanks so much, we'll guys. It, it was yeah. fun. Awesome. Appreciate it. All right. Well, that was Abe's answer. But before we talk about Abe, 
before the show, we actually sat down with him and his partner, Aaron Marquez of Fletcher Azul. They were able to loosen us, loosen us up a little bit with some of their tequila. It was fantastic. But if you want to learn more about Fletcher Azul, here's Aaron and Abe. Welcome to a special te- tequila talk. God, I'm not even mm. drinking yet. Let me start that over. <laughs> Let me start that over. Welcome to a special tequila talk here on Golf Subpar. We are joined by Abe Answer, the 25th ranked player in the world, his business partner, Mr. Aaron Marquez. They are the co-founders of their tequila company, Fletcher Azul, which boys, I believe, roughly translates to the Blue Fletcher. Correct? Blue Arrow. Blue Arrow. Oh, yeah. okay. Close well done, joke, terrible whiff on the joke. Okay. <laughs> blue, be a blue arrow. Fletcher I knew it was blue arrow. Yeah. Blue Fletcher. Well, tell us about it, man. We got a couple samples here. I want to hear the whole origin of this. How you guys started doing this? When it started? Everything. You want me to start? Sure. Well, this thing actually started the whole project in a pro am on the PGA Tour four years ago, if I'm not mistaken, in Fort Worth at uh, Colonial. Obviously, you go there on Wednesday. You you get paired with just random amateurs. Happened to be airing his uh, probably two or three of his CEOs he was entertaining for his oil company. And we hit it off right off the bat. First hole, we were already talking about tequila. We both already had. Uh, we just love tequila before, even before the project, obviously. And we're talking about all that. And we just hit it off right away. And then after that, at WGC Mexico, uh, he kept asking. People kept asking. He was like, so what tequila do you bring? And then... We resonated and we thought about like it would be so cool to have our own our own tequila brand. And then after that, he was nonstop working on, you know, doing all the research and stuff. And in the mean since then we, we didn't stop to to bring the best tequila that we can bring to, to market. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we're really proud of what we came out with, all the way from the design of the bottle, the logo, the actual juice. We're really proud to say that we don't cut any corners, the the juice is as good as you're going to get um, from the third oldest family in Mexico to ever make tequila that is still Mexican owned. A lot of uh, a lot of companies now, they're, you know, they're owned by American companies and stuff. But this uh, where, where we make it and everything is all how it's supposed to be, which is awesome, I think. That's awesome. Where, where did the name come from? So this is a cool story. We went back and forth. Um, like I said, everything has a, its own little story, but. We're back and forth about names, like what, what should we name it? And we want to do something that kind of resonates with, with us of our lives. We're both Mexican. Um, and we, it's not like we had everything handed us. You know, we, we had to work hard. We come from humble beginnings. And we really like the, the word of Fletcher. You know, you have to really pull it back, pull it back, pull it back to be shot forward. And we kind of really kind of thought it sounded cool, too. You know, the, the word Fletcher is easy to say in both English and Spanish. Um, and he just, and Azul comes from, obviously, for the agave, from mm-hmm. the plant, and we, we, that's why we, we picked that. When we initially started talking about the concept of having a tequila, what we wanted to do is be able to introduce something that was, you know, authentic in the bottle, but also keep in mind that our, that our market was American. You know, we're, we're all, both of us grew up in, in the U.S., but we're, we're Mexican, so we wanted to make sure that the juice was just as original as possible, that it was not sweet and it was not colored. And, but we kept in mind like the bottle design, the name, the logo, but we wanted to be mindful of that. We wanted to introduce something different, not just something that's similar to everything else. And the pro- each taste profile that we have, um, it's, it's, it's good, it's, it's fresh. Uh, we have a lot of friends that are drink scotch, that drink whiskey, that drink you know, vodka, and we have a profile for each person that, that drinks that. 
So but one of the things that we, when we first started talking about it, because sometimes you're drinking and you're talking and it's just small talk, right? But being able to commercialize something and bring things something to life, that's a whole different story. But one of the things that we agreed upon was, hey, if we can't introduce something good, you know, or something different, something better, let's don't do it. So the name came far after that when we made several trips to uh, Tequila Jalisco. And you're talking about doing tastings to try to come up with a, uh, with a good <laughs> profile. <laughs> and we're, we're, yeah. over there, we're over there on a Monday and it's like 9.30 and I'm already spinning. I'm like, man, it's going to be a good day. You know, but we, we did a lot of tastings trying to get the profile correct, trying to get everything fresh. And, uh, and we're really very proud of it. We're so proud uh, to, you know, we, being from Texas, being raised in Texas, we commercialized in Texas primarily. And now we've had the opportunity now to be nationwide within the next couple of months. So it's been a it's been a blessing. Uh, the customers have really enjoyed it. That's well, a pretty yeah. unbelievable story. Just met up randomly in a program having never met before. Well, I and say then this after all the that, time. Bam. Yeah, I, we talk about this all the time, Abe. I mean, it's like you never know who you're going to get paired with on a Wednesday in a pro am. Like, be nice to everyone. Like. Talk to everyone because you never know what can happen. And look at this. A business relationship starts out of it. But I got to say, this is the longest I've ever sat in front of a bottle of tequila without Please. having a drink. So yeah, we, we might as well get a taste of this thing. Sure. You know Tell what us mean? what we got. What's so this one is a Cristalino. Uh, we got five profiles. This is uh, this is limited edition, by the way. Mm-hmm. So if you go in the back, it's all that's numbered. This is 787 out of 3,000. So there's only 3,000 out of this. Wow. And this is an Añejo that was filtered three times. And that's why the color is gone. And it's made crystallino, but it's already aged 18 months. Wow. So let's have... Yeah, you got okay. five different... Five different ones, yeah. Different types, right? Yeah. You guys know more about it than anybody. What are what are the, y'all's two favorite? Only heavy pours. Mm. Okay. So the yeah. last thing we need is a reason to get drunk on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. We normally do it without, without even you know having anything in front of us. So this will be this will be interesting. But which ones? Which one are, are y'all's favorites? Well, the the blanco is the that's base tough. is the base of all the tequilas. So one of the things that's different with ours is we've used mature agave for everything. And before we cook it, we actually cut the piña in half, and we take the middle part, which is called the cojoyo, and we take that out before we put it in the oven. And what that does, that eliminates the acidic taste of the tequila. So a lot of people, when they think of tequila, they think of something that you pinch your nose or you know, suck a lime College. or whatever. And College. and that's, yep. that's that's exactly what we wanted to keep away from. So we take additional process to create something that's pure, something that has great taste. And so people ask me, which one's your favorite tequila? And I, I, I remember when people asked my mom, like, what's your favorite son? Yeah. You can never say no. The yeah. one that I drink the most of is the Reposado. My favorite tequila is the Extra Añejo. Um, the, but the Reposado, I drink it you know, every day, unfortunately. <laughs> Slays isn't very good at sipping, so I don't think it's extra. Yeah, guys, I've got, I got a little reputation maybe getting a little too loose during yeah. these things. So well, thank you. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, salute. Yeah, thank you so you much for having coming on the show. Yes, sir. Can't wait to try this. Mm. All right, sold. Abe, I read somewhere that you said this is like what, what you like so much about tequila, and specifically yours, is like, I can drink this at night. Have a good time, whatever. Wake up 7 a.m. I'm on the range hitting balls. Like the hangover is not like everything yeah, else. Yeah, I mean, it's drinking. not like I'm a huge partier. I'm, I'd like to say that I'm pretty responsible. And, but yeah, six or seven years ago, I started drinking tequila and I had the same kind of idea like, oof, this is going to be rough tomorrow, you know? And, mm-hmm. but I say, I got a buddy of mine. I usually, I grew up hanging out with really older people than me, way older than me. I don't know. I don't know why, but it's kind of worked out. And I'll go a little bit back. In the north part of Mexico where I grew up, for some reason, 
the thing to drink is obviously tequila, but also very common is just whiskey and scotch. I don't know why. You, yeah. Topo Chico and mm-hmm. I don't know, whiskey or scotch or whatever. I don't know why it was really common or why that started, but that's kind of why I started drinking. And then, but I'll wake up and I'll just feel terrible and I, I it just kind of like put me down. I didn't really, it wasn't like a good buzz. Like I just, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I just didn't, I enjoyed the taste, yeah. but I didn't really get into it. Then my body was like, you got to get on this tequila, like just high-end tequila, sip on that all night. Don't mix it with anything and let me know how you feel the next day. So one day we went and we sat at my house and we just drank a whole bottle of tequila, premium tequila. Just me and him talking. We had a great time. We finished the bottle. I was like, bro, I mean, I'm going to feel terrible tomorrow. There's no way I'm going to be able. And I had to, I had to play because I already had a little game going on, like, I don't know, nine in the morning or something. And I woke up and I was like, kind of like you wake up to see like, how do you feel? And actually, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was completely fine. I was like, wow. So I, after that, I played, I played, ended up playing good. After that, I, that's all I drink. And I haven't really, mm-hmm. and if I, I'm going to drink, I'm just going to drink the same thing. I'm not going to mix anything. I'm not going to take shots. I'm just. I'm just going to be sipping on this all night and I can, for my size, I can hang with anybody really. <laughs> Once you start mixing, that's where you work. That's where you get in trouble. Totally. I, yeah. So you just drink this all straight. You yeah. don't mix with it. I don't mix. Mixing you, is for rookies. Yeah. No, you I see mean, a guy if mix you, it. like if, it, if it's summer and you're out there at the beach or whatever, you can grab the Blanco, add a little club soda, lime, make like a runch water or something like that. Or if you don't want to, you want to make like a margarita, there's ways you can do like skinny margaritas and you don't add that much sugar. And it doesn't really get to you that that bad, you know, for the next day. So that's just kind of what I like to do. What's what's y'all's goal with this Fletcher? Is it like, where do you, what do y'all want to do with this? Well, our plans to you know over the next few months to go nationwide, but uh, we've had a lot of opportunities, and it's amazing how the game of golf, I mean, opens up so many different opportunities. Um, but we've had opportunities to already go to Asia, to go to the UK, and but our folks going to be to be primarily in the United States, and then. In, in the next few years, look at look at other options. But you know, really do feel that we have a great product. Um, we, you know, Abraham and I were playing at Dallas National, and and uh, the CEO of the, the largest distributor in the U.S. approached us because he saw Abe wearing the hat, and um, and he said, "Who's who carries your your product?" And we were only in Texas, and that opened up the opportunities again through the <clears throat> through the game of golf. And so our plans to be able to you know grow, and and we, we really feel we have a, a good product. That uh, you know, and tequila being the fastest growing liquor in the world mm-hmm. helps. You know, people are now more than ever looking worried about health and worried about you know being able to drink and be active in the morning and or go to work or you know go to the golf course or whatever your profession may be. And uh, so hopefully we're able to get the opportunity to to uh, introduce this all over the world. And Abe, I feel like you know you wear the hat. I feel like a lot of people already know about Fletcher Zoo who watch <coughs> golf because they see you and they see it on the hat. And that's a huge marketing thing for you guys. Any, any um, ambitions to add another like PGA Tour player to the mix and like potentially put it on their hat or bag or anything uh, like that? Podcast people, maybe you some know, podcast maybe guys could really move the needle. <laughs> Free drinks for you guys going forward. Oh, We're gonna yeah. keep you guys stocked up uh, over here. I love that. Love, but love there's definitely guys. a lot of things that can that would probably be on the works. I don't know about in the world of golf, but maybe we'll venture out some other stuff that I think I don't think wanna. We don't want to jump ahead and say anything that is not solid. So. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the works that it'd be really excited about. Beautiful CBD. What, what's been amazing is we've had a lot of people that reached out to us, um, you know, actors and other athletes, other golfers. Um, it's been great that people that taste the product and they reach out, especially when it's something new. You know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a new product, and 
and us, we launched it during during COVID, so it, it made things difficult to really introduce that product when people, you can't do tastings, you can't do, you, you uh, we had a party scheduled at the WGC uh, when we we're gonna introduce a brand and that had to get canceled. So um, despite of all that, it's been a, been a great introduction to great reception to our brand yeah congratulations it's it's fantastic i love it thank you so, thank you so much well we'll be drinking it and we'll be getting a little bit sloppy but for everyone listening out there that they want to get some fletches well how they get it right now so right now we're only so we're only in texas if they visit fletchazul.com there's a location uh at the place where they can type in your address and it kind of shows you to the next closest uh, location to you but I said that's going to change over the next few months. Uh, we're, we should be all over the United States, which is incredible. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. Well, we'll be drinking it. We'll yeah. be pushing it. And thank you guys for coming here and sharing it. Absolutely. Thanks, buddy. It's delicious. It. All right. All right. That good? You like that? Any We're other perfect. things you met, Dude, this missed is great. or didn't hit on? No. Very like smooth. Yeah. This I've heard this before. Just like you said, tequila. Like in, I think of college. I had some bad run. With yeah. probably some lowest rent tequila. It's ruined it for me for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So now um, I'll like sip it or I'll have a I mean, yeah. it's it's just, it's a good, like those little yeah, yeah. to soften mm-hmm. it. Like this is like pretty smooth. Maybe I've just been drinking the wrong because I don't drink it like Colt drinks tequila like all the time. If I have anything, it's tequila splash of fresh. Same thing you said. I switched two years ago, I guess. I used to be Tito's and soda guy. Now I'm tequila. And I used to wake up in the morning and flinch at impact trying to mm. hit golf balls yeah. and tequila. I wake up and I'm like, yeah, let's go. Well, it's like yeah. the only upper, right? Every other yeah. booze mm. is like a downer. This is a like a yeah. upper or whatever. So I don't know. The buzz is nice. I just, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a, a it's happy a good, like yeah, yeah. It's a happy as opposed to like a whiskey. I don't drink whiskey I don't, really like, much I never get, I just become like sloppy with that. I know. Yeah. I've never get aggressive or anything. Yeah. But I did get like just kind of like down or tired yeah. or whatever. This I'm always just you know, like happy and up, upbeat and yeah it's been great please i'm a tequila snob and i have to say i very much enjoyed fletcher as well yeah i had to i had to watch myself after the the speech <laughs> the, the last 15 minutes of the speech interview i was like look you're setting me up for failure guys you can't come in here and promote an alcohol after i just had a little bit of an issue a few episodes ago but man sipping that i really want to make the transition to tequila i know you drink it all the time it's the only upper it's the only thing you, like, if you don't put it with any mixers that's what gives you the bad hangovers and things like that but i gotta say sitting there sipping that with abe that's pretty cool. And how about him? How about the way those two met? Like yeah. you played a bunch of proams. I played a bunch of proams on the Jicks, but never once did I get paired up with a guy on the first two. I was like, oh, you want to maybe start a tequila company and launch it worldwide here in a few years? I was getting like, I was getting like plumbers and janitors and stuff. Like I never had guys <laughs> that were gonna set me up with a tequila company. The difference in the Jicks and the PGA it's, Tour. But I always said that you never know who you're gonna meet in these things. So be very nice to your foursome because you never know things like this could happen. They've made an unbelievable product, Fletcher Azul, the Cristalino, which is what we were sipping on. I thought was awesome i loved it definitely go check that out but let's go back to abe answer i mean first off i was so embarrassed to ask that last question i i, I felt i want to tip my cap to you on that because i take a lot of crap we did the speed mm-hmm. text you know where i had a little mishap we had the romo wine spilling i'm like god people are just gonna think i'm a just complete degenerate so out they're, here they're getting to know you they're getting to know me <laughs> yeah. a little bit better it's fairly accurate mm-hmm. but i was gonna I, if you didn't ask it i was gonna ask it for you and be like hey abe see that's something i could have just kept to myself right but you know what i was wrong you know, I, I'll admit when I'm wrong. I'll be a man. But normally I'm really good at judging talent, I feel like. And I'm like, oh, you know, the, what? This guy's got a game that can do it. That guy, I didn't think he did. And now look at him. He's top 30 in the world. He should have have several wins on the PJ Tour. He's going to get one soon. There's no d- doubt about that. But, man, what a, what a fun guy to just sit down and talk with, though. Great guy. And I, I, you got to give props to him, the way he's pushing Fletcher, the way he's balancing a PGA career and also trying to push out this uh, tequila company. And they're doing a great job with it. I know everybody sees the hat, you know, when he's playing out there. If you didn't know what it was, now you know what it mm-hmm. is. And his stuff is really, really good. But 
cool to get a, a little perspective on him because he's a guy that's quick. He's one of those guys that keeps getting better every year. Yeah. Every year, he's just gradually getting better, gradually getting better. Top 30 in the world right now. I mean, this guy's popping up everywhere, and I think he's got big things ahead of him. He'll yeah. definitely peel off a win here uh, in not, too, not I mean, too long. You look just a few years ago, his rookie year on tour, he finished around 190th on the FedEx Cup. I mean, it looked like this guy wasn't made for the PGA Tour. Now he's top 30 in the world. He's the first player from Mexico to be on the President's Cup team, and I believe he's going to get himself a win soon. So really thank him for sitting down with us. Um, it was It was a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. And we got another big uh, we got some other big guests coming up here soon. Should we release our our, yeah. our second on the road trip for Golf Sub Party? They're, you want to tell them what we're letting in us store? out of our cage once again. We're heading down to West Palm Beach, Florida. We've got a nice trifecta of interviews coming up. You might have heard of a couple of them. The young sensation Matthew Wolf, a guy that kind of dresses kind of fancy, which I know you like, Ricky Fowler. And my man, the number three ranked player in the world, Justin Thomas. Yeah, just a little cruise down to South Florida, Jupiter, see how the boys are living. I see all these hashtag Jupe life, you know, on Twitter and social media and all that stuff. I want to see how they're living down there. But massive trip coming up soon. We're getting back on the road, getting the band back together, and uh, some monsters coming up. Looking forward to it. Well, stay tuned for that. But next week, Sleaze, we got Biz Nasty in the house. Paul Bissonette, former hockey player, one of the co-hosts on Spittin' Chicklets. Spittin' Chicklets, the monster hockey podcast. It's fun getting these hockey dudes in here. We've had Ronick in here before. These dudes open up in a way that not a lot of dudes uh, open up before. He's definitely not afraid to tell some stories. Speaking of embarrassing yourself, like you and I have done here on the last few pods, this man ain't afraid to tell some stories either, dude. No, he's great. Might not be suitable for all ages, but it's really, really entertaining. I hope you all enjoy it. But that's going to do it for us this week. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar. Bye.